Scotty's Vodka Rebel Friday banger right here. Oh, yeah. B, I might have had some Scotty's last night. Did you? I sure did. Lauren got home. I played. I got my ass kicked in paddle last night, by the way. I'm, I'm going to confess to the world. Um, we, we, dude, we lost the first set 6-0. The second one was tight. It was 6-4. But, ugh, that first one was bad. Right now, time to go to the BetQL guest line. Talk to our friend, Nikki Jabala from the Washington Post. Nick, what's going on? How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? We're good. Uh, we are good. We are, uh, our, our guy Jeff Walker was out at the uh, opening this morning. We're going to talk to him about it, but I was curious just kind of what you thought of the new sportsbook at FedEx Field. I know you were there. Yeah, it's pretty nice. You know, it's like a like a lounge area inside FedEx Field. Um, <laughs> it's it's nice. Um my, I'm more curious about like kind of the long term. They have a it's a regulation rules. They have a five year contract with Fanatics, so that pins them right up against the time when I guess they would try to find a new stadium eventually, hopefully. Um, <laughs> well, so I I'm always curious about what that means. But what I think could be nice. cool over there is, um, you know, Prince George's County officials have plans to like develop all that land. Yeah. So if you yeah. put like a big, like I'm thinking like a rest in town center type development yeah. and then you have a sports book lounge there like i imagine the license holds that would be pretty cool um it would be cool you'd have more reason to go out there in the off season you know right now i'm like would you go out to landover just for the sports book now i guess yeah, that's the question i'm asking that's the question yeah. i've been putting out there the whole time yeah yes it's a nice place but how many right. people are just hanging out near fedex field during the week right exactly yeah right um so let's we'll see Let's talk about probably more pressing matters with this offensive coordinator search. Um, Mm -hmm. We know they've interviewed Zampezi. They've interviewed Shermer and Charles London. Uh, Mm -hmm. Thomas Brown and Studesville are going to get the calls next week. Um, What do you make of this search so far? I mean, to me, it's kind of as expected. I mean, you're not... I, I think the trouble they're running into, and perhaps they expected it too, is... They have two big things working against them. They have a, a pretty well-built team with a number of pieces that should intrigue, right? Between that receiving quarter, they got good mm-hmm. backs. You know, they, they can build up the line that defense is solid, but they don't have the quarterback, and they have ownership uncertainty. And those are two major red flags if, if I'm an OC coming in and I have options. Um, to me, that would take them off the board or significantly push them down. Um, now, if you're somebody who doesn't have a ton of options, it's a great opportunity. Um, you know, it, it could very well be a lame duck position, a one and done. Um, but you have something to work with with this offense and especially the defense. And, you know, the rest of the staff is intact. Um, and there's there's always that possibility that if a new owner comes in that and, you know, the staff does well, the team does well, that they keep you beyond the year. But, you know, typically when a new owner comes in, he'll want his own guys, especially if the team isn't performing well. And I think, when, but like, if you're getting looking for the offensive coordinator, uh, mm-hmm. and what I thought was the people with, with, with credibility, they're going to probably say no. And right. we've already seen that happen. And right. the guys that probably need to, that, that I, I'll take any job I get, or I'm somebody trying to get up, they'll take them. But when they start looking at the offense, yes, you have some great pieces, but you mm-hmm. don't have a quarterback or an offensive line. Exactly. And I think and as a coordinator, play call, that's huge. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and yep. I would add, and I don't mean this to, I like the running backs they have, but 
people in the NFL kind of believe running backs you churn and burn, right? Like it's not. I believe that, but yeah. I think I've, I've talked to two people that believe that they can really use Antonio Gibson in a different manner and a better way, but they also believe that he got to get tougher too. How about yeah. this? Anybody that knows Resh Manuel on Twitter knows that he finds the most outrageous connections for people. Mm-hmm. Nikki, are you sitting down? You ready for this one? I am. Per Resh Manuel, fun fact about Commander's offensive coordinator candidate Eric Studesville. Beyond just that he was B. Mitch's coach with the Giants. Studesville's wife, Stacy, was a standout basketball player at Purdue. And I she- knew that. Okay. She played for yeah. the Chicago Twisters of the now defunct WBA. Yeah. Her coach no, they, her coach yeah. with the Twisters was Stephanie Rivera. Wow. There's even another connection with Rivera. He right. was on the twenty eighteen Eagle staff with Ron. They were both quality control coaches. Ron on defense, Judicial on offense. So they do they do have connections. I mean they came up and you know, Who was that? With Reed. What, what year was that? Uh, 19, was it 98? So you were 98? still here. Yeah. yeah, I was still here then. All right. Yeah. So, so so Ron was quality control. By the time you got there, he was linebacker coach? Yeah. Okay. And Studesville was Studesville gone. was gone. He was in New Giants. York. Okay. Man, yeah. it's interesting. We're talking with our yeah. friend Nikki Jabala from the Washington Post. You can follow her on Twitter at Nikki Jabala. I'm going to spell it N-I-C-K-I-J-H-A-B-V-A-L-A. Uh, Nick, who? How would you handicap the race here for the OC? Who do you like? Is kind of it's. I, I kind of think Shermer's the favorite. Um, I, I remember back in 2020, there were kind of some whispers that Shermer might get the job then, but he was kind of yeah. burnt out from being in New York. Uh, but I, I might be more excited about Studesville or uh, Thomas Brown's, who I've been cheer- advocating for all along. I don't know that he'll get it. And for a young guy to take a first time ever OC job, I'm not sure this is the spot you take. What, what do you make right. of the race? Yeah, I mean, in terms of who they may favor, I could totally see Shermer being the league guy. I mean, Ron interviewed him in 2013 for the Panthers, too, has been interested for a number of years. Um, you know, I could see that. I could see them kind of leaning that way. But, you know, as a from somebody from afar to me, that that doesn't feel a whole lot different from what you had in Scott Turner. Sure, the, the system could be slightly different, but does it change a whole lot? His track record doesn't do it for me. I I think Charles London is very appealing. I really like Eric Studisville. I got to know him pretty well from our time together in, in Denver. Very well liked by players. Yes. Um, and he he was an interim head coach. He kind of cleaned up all the mess by Josh McDaniels uh, when that went down in Denver. Um, so I I I would love to see him get an opportunity, um, especially if it's kind of this weird situation where it could. You know, you, you could use it as a launching pad to something else. I mean, I know fans don't love to hear that, but it's reality. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think any of those intrigue me. It, it would at least be something different. I, I feel Pat Shermer is, we know what he is, we know what he's done, and it just doesn't really move the needle. But I could see why the team would have interest there. I think when you look at it, I, I look back to when Coach Gibbs was here. Coach Gibbs and also Richie Pettibone. And everybody automatically assumed that those two guys automatically ran the team completely. But Wayne mm-hmm. Severe was a guy who connected with everybody on the team, and right. he did a lot of their leadership stuff for him. And I look at Eric very much like that, to where yep. he can connect with players, 
and get those guys to work in a way like I think Ron would love that, you know, where you got somebody exactly. else that you can you can uh you know, lock up with and make sure that the guys are listening to you in the right way. But I also think Eric has a keen way of keeping it, you know, a little youthful for the coach for the players. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and when I was in Denver, the guys loved him. I, he, he was as much a father figure to a lot of the guys. And the, there's always got to be a balance for a head or a, a coordinator or a head coach, really. Yep. You know, they, they have a job to do this, so they can't be buddy buddy all the time. But there was respect there. There was a mutual respect and. He worked his butt off. Um, you know, he's well regarded within the league among coaches. So, I think I think he'd be great here. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if all this wraps up by the end of next week, um, and we'll kind of see where it goes from there. I, I watched a little thing on Deion Sanders uh, yesterday where he was talking to the players about just that, the coaches, about you know yeah. you you are their coach. I don't want to see you all buddy buddy hanging out with him, clubbing with him. And things of that nature, and I think that's where Eric. I was the same age as Eric when when I played for him in Philly. I mean, in New mm-hmm. York, and I had a respect for him, knowing that we were the same age. But I never mm-hmm. really just tried to treat him like I was, you know. But I right. had coaches that were older than me that couldn't get that respect because they never respected me. And I think right. that's where he ends up winning because he respects his players. Right. Absolutely. My, my thing with Studesville is. We've seen – there's a track record, at least with Shermer and Zampezi, and it's not yeah. great. Like, there's a record right. of what you've done in this position, and, and, the, and the numbers aren't great. I'd right. rather see somebody else get a chance. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, we'll see what happens there. I, I want to switch to quarterbacks, Nick. Um, CBS report maybe last weekend now that Sam Howell is QB1. Uh, yep. Beamish and I kind of have a term, well – He's QB1, but he's, he's also he's one, QB. one QB. Like, nobody else is right. on the team right There's now. There's nobody else on the roster, yeah. <laughs> right. So, obviously, he's the starter because he's the only one who's going to be under contract in March. Um, so right. Yeah, I mean, there's just common sense there to it. I do think they like him. I think they were impressed by him in that one playoff – not playoff game, but that one start that he had. I think they were pleasantly surprised by where he is in his development. Um you know, but I, I think, and I think they would like to stay cheap at that position, and you do that by staying on rookie contracts. Um, you know, it allows them to kind of build out the roster. It also allows them to re-sign Deron Payne, which would be huge for that defensive line. I don't know if they can or will do that, but you know, it gives them options there. Um, and let's be real, their, their veteran options are not great. They never are in the off season. You know, the really good veterans don't come available at quarterback. Right. You know, I think Kirk Cousins was one of the exceptions. It's just, you know, they could pay a lot and, you know, either trade or just wait for Derek Carr to get cut. Is that the answer? I don't know. You know, <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo, you got the injury history. He could still come at a premium. You know, so you, you turn to your younger guys, Sam Howell, maybe turn to the draft, maybe re-sign a, you know, a, a second-tier backup. Re-signing what? Taylor Heineke would make a lot of sense to me. Right. Um, what do you think the chances are Heineke's back? Uh, I could see it going either way. You know, in past years I'd be like, oh, yeah, he's, he's you got to keep him, definitely. But, um, you know, I think a lot of it is up to him and what he wants, what options he'll have. Um you know, because I, I think you might have a couple options, especially after this last season, after turning around, you know, their one and four start and leading them into playoff contention. Um, so, yeah, I think it'll come down to numbers. And if he wants to be back, um, you know, it would it would definitely make sense. I, I, I've always believed that the backup quarterback is the second most important position on the field. 
You know, so yeah. if you can get one, you keep them for a long time. I thought something about that. With- what if Scott Turner ends up somewhere, and that connection with he and Taylor? Do you think that's somewhere where they will feel like where Scott pops up? Taylor follows Scott because yeah. Scott was the one that fought for him. Scott was the one that fought for him. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure to be honest. You know, I'm not. I'm not quite sure where Taylor's at after. You know, they they did bench him for Carson Wentz. Yeah. So how does he feel about this staff? You know, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying, know. like, Scott wasn't the, the decision maker, I believe, in that There's situation. No it was Scott's yeah. call. And I, and I would say, if Scott Turner lands somewhere, then I can yeah. feel that he'll follow that. No, for sure. I, I think that's a fair assessment. So, yeah, again, I think he might have options, and that's something they're going to need to consider. And I, I, I do think backup quarterback is especially important. I, uh, if I was Heineke, I'd have two words on my mind. Highest bidder. Yes, because exactly. I don't, exactly. I believe he can carve out a long-term NFL backup career and make some good coin, but I would start doing it as soon as possible. Last yep. time. He knows what it's like to be out of the league. He knows how close he was to not right. you know, ever coming back. So I, I, I'm all but certain he wants to set himself up for Set him, his family up for security, and that's that's money. That's what this is. Yeah, absolutely. And, and last time he was a restricted free agent, like he didn't have a ton of options. Right. Now exactly. Now you do. Um, yep. I uh, I support bringing Heineke back. The only thing that concerns me is if you're really trying to develop Hal or at least give him a real shot because of these Heineke Hive people. The first time Hal throws a pick. I, yeah. I, is it helpful at FedEx Field if they start chanting yeah. Heineke? And and I don't think it would be the same because nobody wanted Wentz, and people, I do think, want to see Howell succeed, so I think the vibe will be different. But the only thing that complicates it is the the 15% of people that think Heineke is Joe Montana and scream about it all the time. So Yeah, I, I, I would argue that I think they would feel that way about the, any backup quarterback. You know, if the starter's not performing well after a couple games, I think they're always – be those calls to bench him and just go to backup because the other person is always the savior, right? Right. Yep. It's, yeah. it's whoever is not in that person is the right answer for us. So whether it's Heineke or somebody else, there's always going to be that, and that's just kind of the nature of the sport. And especially here, where it's still a pretty competitive market, um, you know, I, I think he's going to face that at some point anyway. And at least Heineke is somebody you know is a good teammate, at least that, that other quarterbacks within the room respect. Um, but, yeah, I, I, we'll see what they do there. Talking with our friend Nikki Javala from the Washington Post. Uh, where you, Let's get our, our last question. We'll do a little ownership. Um, I, I think that Dan's selling, and I think it's going to happen soon. Uh, mm-hmm. where, where are you at? I know you guys have done a bunch of reporting on all this stuff yeah. throughout. Yeah, I mean, all indications are he's selling. Um, how soon? I would think the soonest certainly is is March when the other owners have a chance to approve it. I can't imagine it would be any sooner than that. Um, just looking at the past deals that they've, you know, the past franchise sales that have gone down. I mean, I think the, the Carolina Panthers was the fastest, and this would, you know, if, if this were approved and done in March, it would be way faster than that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, all indications are that he's, selling, but the whole process has been pretty tight-lipped, and I, I think there's probably a good bit of gamesmanship going on at this point in the process, you know, of, you know, I'm, I'm sure some camps are putting out certain leaks that, you know, maybe we're in, we're out, or whatever, or, you know, the the 
price point is, the average price point of the bids are this, just a you know increased value, whatever. There's there's gamesmanship in this, like there are with all transactions, be it you know trades or contract negotiations or whatever. So um, you know, there's a it's been pretty tight lipped, and I think once it gets closer, a lot more information will come out. But yeah, I mean. And you've been, you know, near the top of the reporting. So, you know, kudos to you because it's it's a it's a hard thing to follow. Yeah, I I think because uh, I think there's a, a few there's complicating factors. The first one is named Dan Snyder. Everything is right. complicated with this person, mm-hmm. right? Right. Second is the the Bezos threat, real or perceived. Right. Can he come in at the last second and just beat everybody with dollars? Because right. he can. Um. Third, and I don't think this is talked enough, though. In, in league, like, I'm, I'm guarantee you know this, Nikki. Like, it's not often where people know other teams are about to come up for sale. Like the right. Seahawks are gonna come up for sale. The right. Chargers, it sure as hell seems like are gonna come up for sale. So, right. and, and I've heard rumors about other teams. I'm not even gonna speculate on publicly. But like, sure. yeah, with that in the backdrop. And I grew up a Redskins fan. I love this city. I love everything about it. Fan base has deteriorated. Yep. The stadium sucks. You, yep. You've got to deal with three different jurisdictions with very different opinions of things. Like you're now, are you? You're buying a fixer-upper that you can turn in to one of the nicest houses on the block, but it's going to be a lot of work. It's going to be a and lot it's a of high work. Price but tag, the, but the payoff is significantly higher you know. than. Probably any other market. I, the yeah. DC market compared to Seattle or any of the others that might come up soon, night and day. I mean, the the value of DC is what is selling, and then if you the get a real stadium, a stadium within this market, a new stadium like every the amount of money major, a new owner can make on this team is massive. I think I think we just heard a report came out that ten percent they went up ten percent the ticket yeah. sales or whatever it was. It, if a new owner comes in, that thing going to say eighty five percent, dude. A new yep. stadium, a new nice stadium downtown, especially. But as long as it's somewhere reasonable, it's not in yep. Dumfries or well, everything. Whatever. You got to think that everything is back on the table totally. if, they, if a new owner comes in. Yeah. So and, all this, you know, all, all this three jurisdictions pitting each other. That's a, that's a non story anymore. That becomes once a new real. owner comes in, <laughs> right? Like RFK yeah. is back on the table, one hundred percent. Every yeah. major corporation. In the world, probably, certainly yes. in the country, has a D.C. office. Yes. And every major corporation in the world, or at least in the country, is going to get right. a suite at that stadium. You know what this that's going to go a, for? Yeah. This will be a coveted franchise, not something that they're dreading having in their backyard like it is right now. You know? Nikki. This is a easy moneymaker right here. <laughs> this yeah. one just makes so much sense. And this, like, it's a prime takes money to make money, though, because somebody's got to exactly. put two and a half billion on the table. There you go. Thank you for well, your time. And, I appreciate of it. Of course. Of course. Thanks, guys. All, All right. right. That's our friend Nikki Jabala from <clears throat> the Washington Post. Don't go anywhere. When we return, Jeff Walker on a Scotty's Red, Red Bull Vodka Friday. I, that didn't make sense. On a Scotty's Vodka Red Bull Friday? <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's like I've already started drinking them. Jeff Walker <laughs> will like give it. us his thorough review of the new sports book at FedEx Field. Hey, it's Brian Mitchell here. Bet the NFL playoffs with FanDuel, where every play is a rush. This weekend, FanDuel is giving all customers a no-sweat same-game parlay during the divisional round. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or already have an account. 
You'll get free bets back if your NFL playoff same-game parlay doesn't hit. Same-game parlays let you combine all your favorite bets for a chance at a bigger payday. Listen, when you look at the games this weekend, just take the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals. You can go with either one of the quarterbacks for overpassing touchdowns. Add that with an anytime touchdown score and for a running back to go over rushing yards, and you can win you a lot of money. You can even ride with thousands of other fans and bet popular same-game parlays already made for you. If you're new to FanDuel, join now with promo code Brian to see for yourself why it's America's number one sportsbook. And if you already have FanDuel, you can start building your no-sweat same-game parlay today. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. FanDuel Sportsbook with the official partner, 1067 The Fan. You have to be 21 years old or present in Virginia. Three-plus legs, minimum $1 bet required. Refund issue that's a non-withdrawable free bet that expires seven days after receipt. Max refund is $100. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 